0: in Jesus name to each one here this morning the one that has a wonderful plan for your life and especially for the, the church that we church life that we enjoy uh, glad to see this many here I didn't know how many would be here after all the sicknesses and God bless anyone that can't be here that has happened to endure the sickness I think all, most of us have, <clears throat> can sympathize with the sick because we've already walked the path and then I want to thank each one that come Friday night to the nodding uh, I thought if it was kind of that percentage'd be here this morning. We'd have about half a crowd because it was very few not that many there from here, but I do appreciate the ones that stayed home to keep us safe the ones that were there because I do know if you're sick it's not always it's not always it's not really the kindest thing to go spread it abroad to others and meet with them so well, it's one of those times of years, it's just, wow. It's amazing how much sickness there is around, but I praise God you can be here and we can be here and enjoy looking at what God has for us this morning. Uh, welcome to the visitors. Glad to see some from an hour or two south and I guess, would you say three and a half hours by airplane? Some from Georgia. They made up. God bless you for coming. This is our council meeting morning. And uh, so, you know, I had to pray much. What would God want us to look at this morning? You know, what, what really makes a difference that we can respond? I have peace with God. I have peace with my fellow Christians. What, 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 what would be important in that? You know, and it's love for Jesus. Yeah. You know, if I asked you, I think I'd get all kinds of answers. But if that love doesn't show in certain ways... It's not going to work out. and You're not going to feel too much love. So the Lord has uh, drawn me, uh, my mind, to a message along the thoughts that I have given many times before because it's so basic to our Christian walk that I do not apologize for preaching on the thought again. Where, uh, but it's so basic and fundamental. But it's so enjoyable to receive, and it's so blessed to give. <clears throat> the psalmist says in Psalms 86, 5 said, For thou, Lord... Art good and ready to forgive and plenty of sin and mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Now, aren't you glad when you come to Jesus and you said, Lord, forgive me that sentence, and say, now, hmm, I'm not sure if you're truly repentant. I'm not sure. Now, I got a question. I got a few questions for you. You know, are you, are you really being humble about this? Do you really care about your sin like you should? And maybe they would be legitimate questions sometimes, but he don't do that. You know, he just says, he's ready to forgive. And that's amazing. He just said, you know what? You did that sin just yesterday. This is being a little bit repetitive. I'm sick and tired of this. Now, maybe, and we know God never said that, but I know one thing, mankind has thought that, because I have struggled with that thought. I'll just tell you, you know, I'll say, hey, aren't you glad? And he says, I'm ready to forgive. You know, you just call upon me, and I'm going to forgive. I'm of in mercy. What a wonderful God we have. You know, you probably heard, but I've read the the Christmas card that we had. If our greatest need had been information, God would have given us an educator. If our greatest need would have been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. That's interesting. Technology. Well, I won't go down that path. I'll stop. I'll just keep going. If our greatest need had been money, he would have sent us... uh, What is that word? An economist or financial advisor... Probably we could use that anyhow. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, God sent us a Savior. Praise God, right? Everyone here at the age of accountability needs a Savior, and we can find it in Jesus Christ. So we were all born sinners, and we come to the age of accountability, and you know what? God said, you have sin in your life. You need to change your ways. You're not being what I want you to be, and I praise God he cared enough about you and me to call us back to him. That's beauty. And so what happens? When we come in, we say we're sorry. What happens with our sin uh, when God forgives? Isaiah thirty-eight seventeen b says, uh, For thou hast cast all thy sins behind thy back. So they go out of sight. And uh, they go out of reach. Let us look at Psalms 103. Verses eight to fourteen, Psalms 103. Verse cutting in at verse 8. For the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens is high above the earth, so great is his mercy upon them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like a father pitheth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He knoweth our friend, he remembereth that we are dust. And I know we come to that passage often, but it's good to remember that our God is so low, he knows. That we have a sin problem. He knows we're wayward people, and He said, You know what? I have mercy on you. If we wouldn't receive mercy, none of you would be here this morning. You ever remember? If we received what we deserved, we would already be doomed. But praise God because of His mercy, He gave us a plan, and he, we could be forgiven. And He said, I tell you, I.e. said, as far as the heavens is above the earth, so far as His mercy. Now that's hard to fathom. You know, when I was in trouble, I always appreciated the merciful dad, because that means probably I escaped what I deserved. That's a merciful dad, and that's true with our Father in heaven. We've escaped what we deserved because of His mercy. You ever thought of it that way? Yeah. We escaped what we deserved because we deserved eternal damnation. We deserved it. But we, he calls up his mercy. And he said, I'm so merciful. You know, you come and you confess your sin. You know what? I'll tell you how it works. I'll tell you how it works. He says, as far as east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgression from us. And you know it. You can go west in a plane isn't this right Nathan if you go west and you can keep driving and you can fuel up again and you can keep going west and you'll never stop going west now you can go north and after a while if you're going to stay on the earth you better start going south or you're going to be somewhere you ain't planned on, haven't planned on going but when you go west you will go west and it's just gone forever Hmm. good thoughts to think of Good thoughts, they're gone, completely removed. Amazing. You're my sins. When we're forgiven, God, they're completely gone. They're completely gone. Micah, Malachi 7.19 says, He will turn again, and he will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, for thou hast cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Now, I know when I see those pictures on those people seeing those whatever's down there, and they turn on the light and they find these ships that are down the bottom of the sea that was there for hundreds of years, and it looks like there's, there's sun that's shining down there. That's because the lights were turned on. Down there in the, at the bottom of the sea, it is dreadfully dark. It is dre- you can't see anything down there. If you turn on the lights, oh, that's where our sins are. He said in the bottom of the he can't see them. And he don't want to look and he don't get out the flashlight either. Praise God. Isaiah 43, 25. I even I am he who has blotted out thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. Not ever remembered. Not ever remembered. No, also in Jeremiah 31, 34b, saith the Lord. I will forgive their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. Not a lot of good Old Testament doctrine, isn't it? New Testament. Hebrews 10, 16, and 17 says. And this is the covenant where I will make with them. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their heart, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities I will forgive for a couple of days or till the next offense. You know, they could know better. No. Uh, I, and their sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. Hmm. Can we ever have the mind of God, <laughs> the mind of Jesus? I am so thankful that he don't remember my sins. Because he would have a lot to remember. Because I tell you, He's forgiven us so much. So, out of mind, completely forgotten. You know, no place in the Bible does it say they're that way except, except. There's, there don't have to be exceptions. Oh, except that big one. You know, uh-oh, you know. No. I am so. It's such a privilege to be forgiven of our sins. But you know, the truth of the matter is, there is sowing and reaping. And sometimes there's reaping for sin. And, he can, and God uh, knows that's true. But I praise God we can be forgiven. And we can have them in, underneath the blood of Jesus where it says. But then I read, I heard one saying it's kind of, it, it has a good thought. It's a little trite, but it's, it has a good thought. When God buries your sins in the deepest sea, he posts a sign which reads, No fishing. Ah, God has seen many a saint get drugged down by their past because they went fishing about their past. It's work of the devil. May I say it plainly? It's work of the devil. If if our sins are beneath the blood, and you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, and you are forgiven of your sins, remember there's no fishing in your past. Remember that. Yes, some people are rebels. They're hard to get along with. They might be drunks. They might be murderers. They're whatever it is on the list. And when you're forgiven of those sins, you have to go back and put yourself down. You're a sinner saved by grace. And we can all claim that. A sinner saved by the grace of God. That's where we're at. praise God for that. And don't go back there it's the work of the devil they're going for good and if that way in God's sight praise God let's use that for a blessing for us we want to be that way well you know our sins aren't forgiven just cause Jesus died but that was very very important but it, it, it has some verses let us know how they forgive forgiven. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says by whom we have redemption through his blood The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So God, our sins were so important and broke fellowship with God that was so critical in God's sight that he sent the very best of heaven to die for your sins. And I thank God for that because it was Jesus. And he shed his blood. And... And that's the only way to be forgiven of sins. That's how we're forgiven, by the blood of Jesus. And, but, and that was provisionally there 2,000 years ago. Provisionally, it says in 1 John 1, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. It takes humility and an honesty before God to confess our sins. Now, this is how we get our sins in the sea of forgetfulness. This is how we get them. confess our sins. And, and, and you know what? That can be kind of hard because it's humbling. Not everybody knows of our sins, and they don't have to know. But God knows them. God knows them. And so he is blessed when his people or people respond to his Holy Spirit's convictions. He's blessed with that. Yes. No wonder says in the Proverbs... 28 13, where it says, He that covers his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsaketh him shall have mercy. Whoso confesses, you know, it's woe unto the person that tries to forsake <clears throat> sin without first confessing sin. And sometimes man tries that. You know, I know that makes me feel bad to, to talk ugly. And I know, you know, this problem is here in my life, and I want to change. Confess your sin, and God enables us to live in power and victory above the sin. Beautiful. And it's a provision for every last one of us. Confess our sins, he says. Because you know what? To cover it, like, oh, it's not really that big of a deal. And it's so easy to think that way. That, you know, my sin, they, they should just get over it. It was just a small thing. You know, things, we, things the devil gives us to think that makes our sin look small, those attitudes that we think look small. But a number of people see them. God sees them, and he cares. He said, look, just confess it, and you're going, I'll, I'll forgive you. I'll put that in that sea of forgiveness. Don't go fishing there, but get it confessed. And you know what? I'll give you the strength to not do it again. That's how you forsake it, by the strength of Jesus. It's beautiful to think that we, as sinful creatures as we are, can be forgiven of all of our sins and can be accepted in the beloved. Accepted in the beloved. You know, people want so bad To be accepted by a group of people, making sure they have clicks. They get along with a few people. And that's a shame uh, to get in clickiness, but I've seen it happen and I've done it myself some. But I praise God, we're always accepted in the church, in the kingdom of God. We're accepted. You fit in. If you're forgiven, you're following Him, you're living, uh, doing what you can to be overcomers. Yes, we're without. Forgiveness, everyone is lost. Without forgiveness of sins, everyone is lost. I thank God he made provision for us to be forgiven, and so everyone can be born again, can be saved through the blood of Jesus. No wonder it says, and it's very true, Psalm 32, verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Let <laughs> me think of that song. There is a song in my heart today, something I have never had. Jesus taking my sins away. Oh, say, but I'm. Yes, that puts a smile on anybody's face that's born again. What a beautiful thing. I hope every time you think of what Jesus has forgiven and how he's changed us, it just warms you from the inside out. Have you ever seen anybody been forgiven by Jesus and is dwelling on that that's hard to get along with? Like that just doesn't happen. You know, and I look out here, and I, I'll be honest, I see a, people that are easy to get along with, and I think that's a work of grace. That's a work of God working in our hearts because on our own, we wasn't always the most uh, pleasant uh, creatures. But he can make us, he can, I have seen, it's just amazing what God can do with us if we're willing. Now I'd like to talk about forgiveness on our part. Now this, since this is our council meeting morning, a peace with God directly relates to my first point. If your sins are beneath the blood, you do not have peace with God. I don't care if you're covering it up or whatever. But we can have, I want to promote the other, Jesus' blood is there. It's available. It don't matter how small your sin. It doesn't matter how many years you've done it. It don't matter how big it is. It don't matter how much, you, how much you went fishing in the pond and drug it up. You can ask God for forgiveness. You can be clear today. By uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ, you can confess that. You can live in victory. He can give you strength for the day. He'll give you a testimony. And it'll be a joy in your heart that radiates to your face. And it'll be a real blessing to God. Peace with God. Now, forgiveness on our part has a lot to do with peace with our fellow Christians and fellow men. Because not everybody just works in sync with everybody else. Have you noticed that? There's a few eyeballs in the world. And you know what? What a blessing. That's when we get to give what God has given us. But you know what? It has a little different perspective, a whole lot on our part. Because forgiveness on our part means that we no longer make the demands of the offender's part, or expect them to change as a prerequisite for our forgiveness. Irregardless of their attitude, they are forgiven. Now, listen to that. You know, now, now to be forgiven of God, we have to come and ask uh, and ask for forgiveness. So basically, it is saying <clears throat> when somebody offends you, or somebody says anything that Mars, good relationships. Uh, that's offense. I mean, we're, we're, we're so touchy. I'll just say it the way it is, okay? Uh, excuse me, but that's just the way the world we live in. If anybody says anything or does anything or acts any way or tells anybody else anything, you know, you know, you uh, boy, I'm watching out for them. That's an opportunity for forgiveness because otherwise, you know what happens? You start looking at them negatively, this has a lot to do with our peace with our brotherhoods okay yeah you, you know man I just can't really believe they did that and so basically forgiveness is uh, saying by the grace of God I am going to forgive and just tear down that wall or that attitude or that grudge that I have I'm going to release it by the uh, through the grace of God and I'm going to be a good friend and love them Because I'm not going to let Satan get the advantage. Does that make sense? I hope I said it clear enough. It makes lots of sense. Because it's the way it works. Because the devil is out. Most is out to to tear down his kingdom. And churches that don't get along are not radiating a forgiveness. We all needed forgiveness from God. And every one of us needs a lot of forgiveness from one another. We should be the most naturally forgiving people on the face of the earth. Amen? Because you need it from God and you need it from your brothers and sisters. If you don't think so, you've got your head beneath the sand because we all live in such a way that offends you. You know, you can do everything as perfect as you can in your mind. And we're not that good, really, and at some time, a lot of times. And yet, still, it offends somebody. Because we're all made differently. Certain thing offend you. Certain things offend me. And we all, sometimes we tend to live with our feelings on our shirt sleeves. And, uh, and it makes for being easily offended. Hmm. You know, and some of you are tough. And not hardly anything offends you. And God bless you. <laughs> you won't have to forgive as much. But you still will need to. So forgiveness is unconditional for one another. And I'll, I'll read a few verses here. We're commanded to forgive. Uh, Luke 6, verse 37 says, Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. It's just, that's it. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Uh, pretty plain. So, forgiveness in the Greek is a very strong word, it means to release to pardon, to let die, drop the charges or demands. So if you don't forgive, basically, in other words, if you have something about your, somebody else in the church that you're having qualms about, let's just use nice light words that we like to use, qualms about, or you don't feel good about them, that you, you get, that's another opportunity to forgive. And if you don't forgive, You are in trouble with God. You are in trouble with God. Now, we don't need to be in trouble with God because because if you don't forgive, you have judged them and condemned them in your heart. And that don't work. Now, I know we all know this passage in Matthew 18, but I love reading the Bible. Because that keeps us solid. And there's nothing better. Uh, let's look at that passage. I'll read it and I'll only make a few comments because I have a good bit more yet to say. Matthew 18, 21 to 35. Matthew 18, 21-35. You know what it says there, but it's always good to review what Jesus says and how he wants it. And then the Peter said unto him, and Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall I forgive? Shall my brother Sin against me, and I forgive him seven times. I mean, and we're going to extremes here, cause three should be a plenty. Seven times, seven times, and Jesus answered, said, "I say unto you, not until seven times, but until seventy times seven, unlimited." Hmm. Boy, it's easy to stray off that pathway, isn't it? It's. Easy. Will they ever change? <laughs> Will they ever change? That's thoughts that we are tempted to have when we're not forgiven. He goes on to say something. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he begun, begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But, but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had, and payment be made. And his servant, therefore, fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord... Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him his debt. And the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred p- pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should, till he should pay the debt. So when the fellow servant saw that was what was done, they were very sorry and came and told the Lord all that was done. Their Lord, all that was done. Then his Lord, after which he had called him, said unto him, O oh, thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all the, that debt." Because thou desirest me, shouldst not thou have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee. And the Lord was wrought and delivered him unto the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall your shall my heavenly father do unto you also, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. And so you know. We know that this man is a, in today's economy. It would be like I think I'm gonna say ten million, because some people could pay a million back nowadays. I mean, a million near what it used to be worth when I was a boy. I, I knew people that when I was a boy dreamed of being a millionaire. Now people become millionaires, you know, and so let's say it's worth ten million. Hope oh, that's probably out of your reach, maybe a little bit. And, and he come oh, I, you know, I, I, this ain't gonna work. I can never pay this, especially in jail. That would make sense. And he said, well, i forgive you. And then he goes out, and a guy owes him, let's call it $2. I won't make it too big. You know, and he gets him, you know what? You pay me. You pay me now just so strange. That is so sickening to think that a person that was forgiven 10 million wouldn't forgive a dollar or two. And you know what he said? You know what he's saying? He said, we always need to remember this. Your sin and my sin was unrepayable before God. You could have lived five lifetimes and made all the money in the world And you could have never paid off your debt of sin never never and yet you come humbly before god through the blood of jesus and confessed your sins and you were forgiven amen you were forgiven and you didn't deserve it you had nothing to offer but just your old sinful life and he said i'm going to forgive you i'm going to make you a new person I'll even get glory through your life because you're gonna have peace and joy in your heart and on your faces. You say, I'm gonna make you new. You'll be able to smile when you wake up. Yes, I'm gonna make you a new person. Not that old grumpy thing of the past, and hard to get it off. I'm gonna make you new. And then you know what? Tomorrow you find out that you're worshiping with imperfect people. Wake up. That's life. But he said, look, if you have trouble working with that person and forgiving him, you've got a serious problem. Do you catch the drift? Do you catch the drift? Now, I know the devil makes it hard for us to forgive our oddballs and weirdo uh, people sometimes that he brings in our life. And they are challenges. They are tests. Yes, they are tests. Amen? You've ever been tested? If you haven't, just think about it. You've been tested. If you've been down the road, you've been tested. And God is saying, I want you to think about what I've forgiven you. On that basis, you know what? That's a drop in the bucket. That's a drop in the bucket compared to your sin. And that's true. Because when we forgive that brother or sister or strange person, We haven't forgiven any sins. This is no dramatic earth-shaking event. Jesus died for our sins was an earth-shaking event, amen? But, you know, it isn't. It's an earth-shaking event if we don't forgive them, though, because we're headed down the wrong path. Most all church problems could be settled right here. Most church conflicts could be settled right here. Anything odd and strange about your brother, you can forgive, because you were more than odd and strange to God. You were His enemy. Never forget that. Never forget that. When you wake up tomorrow morning, are your challenge? Oh, he did something again. That rubs me the wrong way. I, we, before we accept Jesus, we were the enemies of God. That's what we need to remember. But we're brought in as beloved children because of forgiveness. Because of forgiveness. We get it from God and we spread it around. And you know what? That makes the most loving brotherhood on the face of the earth. Amen. If we can work this out and remember how God wants it to work. It makes the most loving brotherhood on the face of the earth. Sermon on the Mount says some interesting verses. Matthew 6, verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And it's been called a terrible pe- position, petition, if I'm going to say it right, because it can either bless us or curse us. Now, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I tell you, I, I have learned a few things in my short life. Just because you're a peachy person, naturally, doesn't mean you're naturally a forgiving person. And just because you're a rebel and a rip, or whatever you want to call the other side of the fence, doesn't mean you can't forgive, okay? I have seen some of the peachiest persons up front struggle tremendously for forgiveness. You know why? Because the devil don't want you to forgive. Because he can bring cancer into your life, and it's called sin. Another verse says, and we know these verses, but I think it's good to ponder them. Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15, just a couple verses later. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you also. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will I forgive your trespasses. You have to think now. So that means when I don't quickly forgive or start working through that, I've got real serious spiritual problems. That's what he's saying. Yeah, in other words, so what, when a person says something, does something, shuns you a little bit, shows an attitude, I, I, I'm, this person is quick to say, you know what? That don't affect me. I love them. They're, they're beautiful because they got a lot of good things in their life. You know, you have noticed, if you look at the wrong thing, every, everybody has plenty to see that's not pleasant if you look at the wrong side. And you know what? If you look at the good side, everybody here this morning has plenty of things that are wonderful. They're just wonderful. And that can be an asset to God. And I praise God for that. So it's a matter, it's a choice. You have a choice. Am I going to forgive? Am I going to be like Jesus? A perfect example So that, that, and God that forgave me so much. Or am I going to be unforgiving? Or am I going to hold that grudge? Yeah, or I'm going to... Am I going to let the devil bring up up a bad attitude or make a little wall between us? You know, this can be a little challenging. I read a pamphlet here last night, and I thought it was kind of interesting. I'll read it to you. Try to follow, because it has moving parts, but uh, it's okay. The power of God to change human hearts and plant in the spirit of forgiveness is wonderfully exemplified in the life of an ex-convent known for many years as 45. Now, you're probably number 46, but he was 45, okay? Uh, Few, perhaps, have had to forgive the degree of injury that this man did. But but Jesus said, if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And that's something we need to always remember. At age 16, 45... Left his home in Rhode Island and drifted west. One night he came into the city of Tacoma, Washington, in a boxcar. Reaching there just when a murder had been committed, he was arrested, tried, and sentenced, and sentenced to 25 years at hard uh, at hard labor in the penitentiary. For 18 years of that time, he suffered all the severity of punishment that is meted out to a desperate. Criminal. Once for talking in line, he was placed in a dungeon twenty feet below the ground. The third day he was there, he was as he was hang, hanging, chained by his wrist. He prayed to God. There had been one bright spot in his in his prison life, and that was his friendship with the daughter, little daughter of the warden. He had once saved the child from being struck by a revenge, revengeful prisoner. From that time on, she was always kind to him. There in the dungeon, as he prayed, he prayed that if God would let him see the little girl again, he would serve him and would read the Bible to the prisoners the rest of his life. That very night, the deputy warden came with his allowance of bread and water. There stood the child. She held it out her hand and said, Come out, forty-five. I have come for you. Papa says he will, he says you shall work in the hospital. He worked for three years in the hospital where he kept his promise to read the Bible to prisoners. At the end of the time, he was discharged from the prison, nearly wrecked in body and mind, homeless, friendless, and nameless. Number 45. He took the train for Portland. For four days, he wandered about looking for work with nothing to eat nor a place to sleep except the lumber piles. At last, he, st- he started down the Burnside Bridge to throw himself into the river. The bridge keeper pulled him down from the railing and said, You cannot do that. As he walked away, he saw a large light signing of a nearby church. <clears throat> An unseen power seemed to compel him to attend the gospel service. At the close of the meeting, 45 went to the offer altar prayed and god saved him about two years later he was testifying about during a service of his life and conversion a man sat listening in the back of the church with tears flowing down his cheeks he left his seat and ran down the stairs a few days later someone who had talked with the stranger told 45 that the stranger knew something about him Eager to learn something about his people, he obtained a description of the man and found that he had gone to San Francisco, California. 45 followed the stranger there and learned that he was in a hospital dying of tuberculosis. So great was his desire to the man that 45 went to the hospital superintendent and asked for work. When asked there where he had been employed previously, he breathed a prayer to God and told his story. The superintendent wept as he listened and told him to report to the, for duty that night. Almost a month later, he had an opportunity to converse with the stranger. One night, the man asked him to read the Bible to him. Forty-five read the story of the prodigal son. While talking, the man put his arms around the ex-convict and said, "You, "'Can you forgive the wrong I have done to you?' the ex-convict replied." You have done me no wrong. Can you tell me about my mother? The man answered, I know nothing about your people. But I am the man who committed the crime which you were sent to the pen- which was sent you to the penitentiary. He said, I want you to forgive for all those years that you spent behind the prison walls. Here he here was the real murder of those crimes. Forty-five had spent 21 long years in prison. He was asking 45 to forgive him. The thoughts of the ex-convict went back to the long years that he'd spent in prison. He thought of the ball and chain he had carried. He thought of the thirty lashes he had received at the whipping post. And at the time that he was shot in the leg and the weeks he spent in the dungeon, he felt he was no, not prepared to forgive from his heart. He left the sick man and went into a little room alone. Kneeling down on the concrete floor, he prayed for nearly three hours. He wrestled with God for a real spirit of forgiveness. At last, a voice said, Forgive him for my sake. He went back and took the man in his arms and said, I forgive you for all the injuries you have done to me, but you will also have to... Ask God to forgive you. The man began to say over and over, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And God had mercy and saved him. Three days later, the man died. The criminal's hands were stained with blood, but God had forgiven him. And 45, whom he had caused to suffer so terribly, was also had also forgiven the wrong from the bottom of his heart. Many years have passed since then, 45.2 is going to be with the Lord in eternity with a new name. He is walking the streets of gold. There he and the man whose stead he suffered those many long years are praising God that their sins were washed away by the blood of the Lamb. And the Lord Jesus, who taught us to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Is every man power to forgive. I thought that was very beautiful because I don't think any of us will have anything unjustly done to any degree like that. But you know what? Every time you need to forgive and you don't want to, you have a battle. And I pray that we can do like that man and go into our closet and even takes three hours or three days it doesn't matter. All it matters is that we forgive from our heart. And he loved that man that made him spend 21 years in jail. You know what? When you don't forgive your brother or that person, you are going to jail because you're going to be in bondage to your sin. And we, God, Jesus don't want any of his people in jail But they're in prison because when you don't forgive, that little thing becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. Have you ever noticed it? We've noticed it in others, haven't we? Hopefully we never see it in the mirror. But you know what? It's challenging. It's very challenging. I read a few clippings, uh, a few sayings that I thought might help us. A little bit. Never does the human soul appear so strong and noble as when it foregoes revenge and dares to forgive an injury. That's the highest, loftiest life you can have. Another goes like this. The habit of judging and condemning others is usually a great deal more serious blemish, blemish than the other things we so glibly point out as flaws and faults may i read it again because this is the, this is kind of the bottom of it all the habit of judging and condemning others is usually a great deal more serious fault or blemish than are the things we so glibly point out as flaws and faults another one we win by tenderness we conquer by forgiveness I want to remind you of a verse. And I looked up and read it, but I don't have time to do all the explaining here. Second Chronicles 2.11 has a very unique verse. And it says this, "Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Is that true? He has all kinds of tools He wants to bring to tear you down To tear your heart condition down To tear this brotherhood down He has all kinds of things And one of them is bad attitudes and unforgiveness And then that very setting I remind you It is in the setting of forgiveness Of forgiving your brother It's the very setting We don't want the devil To take advantage of us None of us would say Oh I'm going to give in to the devil today, but whenever we allow Satan to give us an ill attitude and to not forgive and to hold a grudge and to hold an offense and keep it on, I'm telling you, we have given in to the wiles of the devil. Praise God, we can live above that. We can forgive and move on. Forgiveness is a process. And I know, because I know people say, well, you need to forgive right from your heart. We absolutely do. But I do happen to know that you can forgive today and need to forgive again tomorrow. You know why? Because the devil brings it back into your mind, those offenses. But if you don't forgive, you know what happens? The next time they do something a little weird or strange, guess what? There's not one rock underneath the rug. There's two. And not long, there's three. And you know what happens? Down the road, all of a sudden, when the rug gets pulled up a little bit, there's a monster underneath the rug. Because they, they fester and grow. The devil makes sure unforgiveness will fester and make you undesirable and unspiritual. It does. When we don't forgive, it taints reality of the other person you'll never see them correctly and I see people saying things about good people and they're saying la 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 and I'm saying you know what there's a problem there's a problem and forgiveness fixes all those problems just forgive from the heart and you know what you might say I did forgive them forgive them again tomorrow bless them pray for them do whatever you can for them and you know what God will bless you for it. No wonder, he says, in Ephesians four thirty-two, Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. There it is, solid. Christ has forgiven you. Forgive others. What a blessed privilege we have to live the life of, of love and peace because Jesus has shown love and given us peace. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you how wonderful of a plan you've given us, the plan of salvation. And Lord, we again marvel at what you do when you forgive. Help us to do likewise, to be really forgiving people. I thank you that each Christian here has been forgiven by the blood of Jesus, and we can experience that true forgiveness and that peace and joy. And, Lord, we want to be, just be conduits of your peace and joy. But, Lord, we know we have an enemy that likes to bring in bad thoughts, bad attitudes, grudges, Lord, whatever, to militate against forgiveness. Oh, God, help us to always remember Jesus and his forgiveness. Help us to remember you, Lord and your thoughtfulness and care how you sent Jesus to die. Lord, we don't want to be in bondage of bad attitudes. We don't want to be in bondage of unforgiveness. Lord, help us to look to Jesus for liberty and grace to be the people, loving people you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.